It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here on the Locked On Nationals podcast, brought to you by Built Bar. Today it is September 28th, 2020. On today's show, we talk about the conclusion to the Washington Nationals 2020 campaign. It just ended yesterday with a 15-5 win over the New York Mets. The Nationals will not be in the playoffs, but a whole lot to get to from this weekend because, number one, Davey Martinez had his contract extended, and then number two, Juan Soto won the batting title this year in the National League. So a uh, quite a distinction for the 21-year-old Juan Soto, and also, too, the skipper, getting an extension. So a whole lot to get to today on the show. Want to remind you guys, want to let you guys know what's coming up. I'm going to do kind of a position-by-position breakdown to say, hey, these are the guys the Nationals have at this position. This is how they did this season. This is how they stand with, with, the, with the franchise moving forward, whether it be contract scenarios, uh, whether it be kind of, you know, um, uh, you know, if it's somebody who's under a long-term deal or, you know, a guy like, you know, like a Juan Soto, somebody who's going to be around for a long time. You know, talk about where to go from here and, you know, what he can do better. And it's not a whole lot. But guys like your Kurt Suzuki's, we talk about, hey, this is what they've given to, the, to the, uh, the program, if you will. This is what they've given to the franchise. This is kind of where their future is because, you know, Suzuki's contract is up and kind of stuff like that. So we'll go position by position, and that will allow us to go player by player. I don't think going, you know, player by player for each show is the best way to do it. I think it gets a bit easier if you just do it by position, and it allows us kind of to look at each player and also look at each situation and how the Nats, uh, you know, what, how they stand at each spot on the field and what kind of, you know, it means for them at that position and what it means for that player and their standing with the team in the league, whatever it is. Also, too, I've decided I'm going to, going to mix those in with kind of a playoff diary type deal. I think I'm going to go every other day with the playoff diary. I think that's kind of the, the good way to do it. Um, I'm going to have a Nats note in there, so something Nationals-related each day. But I think because the Nationals season was quite rough for the most part, I think it's kind of nice if we can get a little bit away from the Nationals on some of the shows. Once again, I'm going to alternate every other day. So, so we're going to do a big playoff kind of preview on Tuesday. Then on Wednesday, I'm going to release an episode that's going to be a diagnostic of one of the Nationals' positions. And because that is the second day of the playoffs, uh, you know, it starts on Tuesday. And then on Thursday, we're going to have the first, like, kind of playoff diary because both teams will have played game one. So uh, probably late Wednesday night, early Thursday morning, look for that because game ones will have been done across both leagues, uh, American and National League. So those are things to look for, and then we'll, we'll kind of alternate every day unless there's something really big to talk about. Um, in, in one of the days. So it might be a mix in a little bit here, but I'm going to kind of mix, you know, do the playoff diaries plus the Nationals position diagnostics, and we're going to have some guests some guests along the way, um, you know, helping me break that stuff down. So, so I think you guys will like the playoff diary plus the uh, Nationals position diagnostics as well. All right, once again, we're getting to today's show. Not going to talk a lot about this weekend series just because, I mean, yes, it was positives. The Nationals have had a lot of positives over the last 10 games. But I think the big news we ought to hit is, is uh, you know, the two big notes. Davey Martinez with the contract extension and then Juan Soto winning that National League batting title. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
Score, your team every day. All right, let's get to it. A productive weekend for the Washington Nationals. They won their last three games. They won three of four against the New York Mets. They officially eliminated them from playoff contention with their first win in doubleheader on Saturday. And before that doubleheader, the Nationals announced that they are extending the contract of Davey Martinez. He had an option for 2021, and he was kind of heading towards a lame duck situation. They extended him. Uh, They did not release the details of the extension. Now, according to USA Today and also ESPN, you know, referred to the reporting as well, too. It is a three year contract, meaning that he will be there for 2021, 2020, 2022 and 2023. That also marks the same amount of time that Mike Rizzo's contract extension is going through. They stayed mum, though. They said that we don't kind of we don't release those kinds of details. Um it was, it was odd to see that Martinez and Rizzo both got extensions just so late in the game. I think that's kind of how the learners, I guess that's how they do business. I'm not really sure, but Rizzo got the extension, and I think it is, it's not very uh, odd you know, to think why that Martinez would get the extension just about 20, around 20 days later. I think these two work very well together. I think they communicate very well. I think it's a good pairing. I think um, they understand the undertaking that they have this offseason that, you know, the way 2021 went, it was it's going to leave a sour taste in their mouths and some of the fans' mouths. And they kind of, you know, once again, I talked about it on the last show. I mean, it's not really fair the way the Nationals got to defend their title. But with that, I mean, they still had a really crappy season, right? Like, And they ended up at 36-24. and 24. They are tied with the Mets for last place in the National League East. I actually think 36 and 24 to be honest with you is is a lot better than what we thought they were going to be like you know 2 weeks ago. Um you know they end up with I mean the tied for the third least amount of wins in the National League but also mind you that 29 wins did get a playoff spot. So the Nationals in a 60 game season I mean I know 3 games is a lot but they were only three games away from a playoff spot. So considering all the things that went wrong and them only being three spots back of a playoff spot, I think that shows the amount of uh, the amount of quality this team has and the fact that next year like they should be good. And I'm saying this not to, to boost the Nationals. I'm saying this as a reason to say Martinez, Rizzo, and I think every guy in that locker room believe that this group of the Washington Nationals, this core group, what they have, there's no excuses in 2021 and beyond. And I think that might be some of the trepidation with announcing how long Martinez is going to be there is that whoever is going to be manager, whoever is going to be a GM, they expect the, the ownership group expects the Nationals to contend. And I think the fans expect them to contend. I think we're, a, we're maybe a bit kinder about it than the, the ownership group is. You know, I, I think leaving their guys in the dark, their GM, especially near the trade deadline, and then extending him right afterwards. And, you know, manager not extending him to the final week of the season because, you know, basically coaching on a contract, and this is across sports, your last year is your second to last year, technically speaking. Like nobody, if you're coaching as a lame duck, you're basically done. I mean, the year is, you know, you're coaching, but it really does not matter that much. It's, it's just the writing's on the wall if you're coaching as a lame duck. And, 
if you're entering the last year of your contract, you know, basically, I mean, it's not the 11th hour to get this deal done, but I mean, the Nationals got this deal done so late in the season and we thought this was coming, but I think with some of the uncertainty of the pandemic, maybe that's why they held off on extending this contract as long as they did, but they did it. And that is the important thing. And Martinez will be back. And I, you, once again, guys, you know that he more than anybody else, I know a lot of you fans listening out there are upset with the way the season ended and well, not the way it ended, but where it went in general, there's a lot of factors that contribute to that, but having Martinez back, a guy who is not that far removed, you know, we're less around a year away now, less than a year away from nationals winning the world series. Uh, this, this group has the makeup. They've got a bunch of winners and I know that's kind of this weird intangible thing, but this group of nationals, a lot of guys who have been to that mountaintop. And it's great when you have a guy leading the pack, you know, with somebody with the mantra of going 1-0 today. Somebody that the GM believes in, that I guess now, you know, ownership is showing they believe in. The fans, we believe in him, right? You know, as a fan, you could say, hey, we do believe in Dave Martinez. And the players believe in. You know, you have to think that, I mean, this group of guys – how, with how many of them were, were a part. This is, not a, this is not a championship team that was completely dismantled. Yes, they did lose a few pieces, but a lot of that core remains intact, and a bit less of it will last year. But I'm excited to see – excuse me, next year. Um, you know, they're going to lose a couple more guys this offseason who are part of that championship campaign. But if the Nationals are willing to spend the requisite cash and they get the right guys back, it's going to be uh, a team that should be competing for the National League East crown. And – once again, like, you know, the Nationals could be down, and this is kind of a weird note, but the Nationals could be down in the division. But they showed last year you don't have to win the division to be a bona fide, you know, uh, contending team. And the Nationals had all the makeup of a championship team last year and just didn't get it going until much later on and couldn't catch the Braves. But, you know, I'm not sure how big the playoffs will be next season. Whatever they are, the Nationals, at the end of the day, they should be in it. And uh, I think the management, and I think – this, uh, this, this, this coach and I think this team know that the pressure is on them. And I think they kind of like it that way. Um, and I, I think I'm encouraged and I'm glad they finally got the deal done, even though it was late in the game. David Martinez gets that three-year extension. Interesting note, this is the first time ever in Washington Nationals history. Now, it's a short history, but it's the first time in Washington Nationals history that a manager has made it to his fourth season. None of the six Nationals managers had made it to the fourth season until Dave Martinez does, uh, you know, on opening day 2020. It'll be the first time that the Nationals have had a manager, you know, barring something catastrophic or, you know, knock on wood. But, you know, uh, 2021, Dave Martinez opening day is the manager. It'll be the first time a manager has made it four seasons uh, with the Washington Nationals going into his fourth season. So, that just speaks to his character. That speaks to what he's done with his team. And that speaks to the quality uh, I think he, he is as a baseball manager. All right, speaking of quality, let's talk some Juan Soto here after this break. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting, best for you protein bar ever made. The new and improved Built Bar has six new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barchia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and Apple Almond Crisp. Those go along with the 12 original flavors Built Bar has. All of them have chocolate, six with nut, six without nut, coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, 
toffee almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. Right now, Built Bar has a very limited time offer. With your purchase at BuiltBar.com, you have a chance to get a free cooler while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Here we go, part two of today's show. Juan Soto is your 2020 National League batting champion at the age of 21. He is the youngest player to do so. He surpassed Brooklyn's Pete Razor, who was the youngest player to ever do it back in 1941. Razor was 22. He hit 343 that season. Juan Soto this year, he hit 351. And statistically speaking, um, Soto was ahead in a lot of categories. Now, he did not win the league-wide batting title. It's not really, you know, it's, I guess it is a thing. But LeMahieu, uh, DJ LeMahieu hit 364 this season for the Yankees. He had an absolutely outstanding season. So congrats to him for, for winning the AL batting title. Um, Soto at 351. He edged out Freddie Freeman. Not really edged him. Mean, he had him you know, pretty close. But obviously in a 60-game season, you know, the uh, – I mean, your average can change so much in a game or two because the number of at-bats is not that high. But he edged out Freeman, who hit 341. Marcel Ozuna hit 338. And also to mention this, too, in the National League, Juan Soto led the way in many of the average categories. Counting stats, we, we've discussed many times this show. I mean, they are great. But Soto, 351 on base, led the, or excuse me, 351 batting average. The on-base, 490. He was 28 points clear of the next person. That was Freddie Freeman. Slugging percentage-wise, once again, it was Soto. 695, 45 points clear of um, of Freddie Freeman again. OPS in that category. Soto was around, let's see, 1.185, and then uh, Freddie Freeman was 1.102. So Juan Soto across the board with just a very dominant year in the averages category. His counting stats are not going to be high enough to get him any MVP consideration, but for Juan Soto, it was another spectacular year. And this from Mark Zuckerman over at Masson. Juan Soto not only hit 351 this season, he finishes with a 490 on base percentage, 695 slugging, and a 1.185 OPS. Those are the highest on base slugging and OPS for any major league hitter with at least 195 plate appearances since Barry Bonds in 2004. So obviously, with a full season, maybe his numbers aren't that high, but with the time that he did have uh, and the at-bats that he did have this year, he put up some historical numbers. And once again, Soto missing those first eight games of the season due to the false positive coronavirus test, a very difficult thing to see. But Juan Soto at 21 surpassed our expectations for this season. I think we knew that he understood what he was going to have to do without Anthony Rendon, and he elevated his play to an incredibly high level. I think that speaks volumes about the kind of superstar he is. We knew he was a superstar last season in, in the playoffs. But when you see what he does now and what he you know, did for this team this season, unbelievable. It was a down year, but he is such a bright spot. He and Trey Turner were such bright spots that I think you have to say, yeah, this is disappointing because when you have those two guys on your team, damn, you should be winning baseball games. And uh, you know, on the flip side of it, it's encouraging because you, th- you feel like you're now a few pieces away. You're not as many pieces away. When you have a one-two like that, it's just surrounding with the right, uh, right complementary pieces and you definitely have something cooking there. 
uh, you know, at least a playoff team if you put things in the right place. So we're kind of ending this conversation today with the thought of, hey, you get the World Series winning manager back, and hey, your best player just won the batting title pretty comfortably, might I add, you know, by double digits. It was not, a, not, a, not close. I mean, once again, things did fluctuate, but Soto for the last week of the season there, I think, had Freeman. And, you know, Juan Soto is the best left-handed hitter in baseball right now. It's just plain and simple, and Freeman's, Freeman's not too far behind. But he is the best left-handed hitter in baseball. It is Juan Soto. Uh, he's, he was the best hitter in the National League while he was there playing this season. I know less games, but in the games he did play, he was the best. It's very encouraging. And congratulations to Juan Soto. Uh, quality effort by him. All right, make sure you guys check out the Locked On MLB and Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast. Check out us at LO underscore Nationals on Twitter. Follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore on Twitter as well. Looking out for those playoff diaries and those position, position diagnostics coming up here in the uh, next few weeks. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.